Thank you for listening to Recyclables. I really appreciate it. If you want to support the program, the best way to do that is to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, the next best way is to make a donation either through the Acast app or at our Patreon, which is just patreon forward slash recyclables.com. Until next time, thank you. You're listening to Recyclables. Uh, I'm your host, Patrick Thomas Perkins, PTP, and I am joined by one of my dear friends, Courtney Collins. Am I saying it right? Courtney. Courtney. But yes. I've been spelling it backwards. <laughs> yeah, I know. When I saw the email, I was like, "Ooh, Patrick." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been, I've it's been, right. I've been well-meaning. I at least get DJ Wildchild correct. I was about to say. And I appreciate that you you have enough names that if I fuck up, there's one to fall back on. Exactly. That's why I say people just say Wildchild. Just don't even yeah. go. Just say Wildchild. No, that's right. <laughs> just uh, you are, to get your credits out of the way, you were the producer of Dirty Angel. Yes. Uh, you are, as we just mentioned, DJ Wildchild. Yes. You do DJing. I know you've done, you did nonprofit work. You're yes. Not, you're not actively involved exactly, in it. Exactly, but that than, is like, where my career Okay, is. and then your kick-ass mom and wife and all those things. Thank like, those you. are important jobs. <laughs> so, like, of course, acknowledge those. Is there any career in the moment that I'm ignoring that I'm forgetting? Um, no. No? I think that's it. Okay, okay. Yeah. So those are your I jobs. I managing, managing the hijinks. Managing the hijinks. world. I don't, but, I don't yeah. know if anyone can manage that. <laughs> <laughs> I am doing the best I can. He'll be on here at some point. I just asked you. You're one of the first times uh, somebody just said a thing that gave me an idea to do an episode. Because this is based on, I think it was back November of last year, maybe October, so maybe a full year now. That it, you, it's been a while. That you just had a post that was basically like, <laughs> I'm a black woman and I don't get to talk about dinosaurs. <laughs> because there's nine million other things I have to talk about as a black woman. And I was like, I love I'll, that you remember that. I'll bet you white supremacy has impacted <laughs> dinosaurs. Like, I'll, of course it does, right? And like... Of course it does. And That's within like everything. three minutes of, of looking up, I was like, oh yeah. And then there was this whole, there's this whole academic conversation. We'll get into that kind of in the second half. I also wanted to give you uh, a little bit of, uh, before I get too far into it, uh, you've been mentioned on the show a bunch, oh, okay. uh, just as like, especially uh, 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 Dirty Angel. Gotcha. Uh, we did an episode on the history of comedy. Okay. And like the first part was how it comes from basically from minstrel shows. Okay. Like like people copying that and being like, I want to take just the jokes out of that. And it's also a weird thing where it's like if you cut down on a troop, you get more money for yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you steal a whole bunch of people's right. labor and make it your I own, think about that. Yeah, it's a it's a yeah. Thing. You always have that capitalism thing in there. I will give you that. Yeah, it's yeah. I never even thought about that so, part of it. All. And it's. It's mm. a it, it it's a whole. We did a whole episode with Dahlia, and then Got we talked you. about the modern state of it because it's also the the story we tell ourselves about stand up is way different than the story as of it happened. Course, yes. And that's that's in part because like the people telling it are usually comedians yes. and they're storytellers, yeah. and that's different than people telling facts. And then the, the last part where you guys were mentioning was we talked about the future. Okay. And like things, I think like I think Dirty Angel is a positive model for how comedy should function because you guys are autonomous. You're not really set to like right. a club, right? And like, so you're not you're not restricted by rent, right. so to speak. And like, you guys care about like you you've reached out to me repeatedly, like, hey, you have ideas. Mm-hmm. Do you want to <laughs> go forward with them? And like, like if people want to figure out how to create like a comedy union or something, I think studying what you guys do is a great 
like mm. way to start that because I think like there's steps you would need to add to what you guys do right. and like things we would just have to like I think honestly a support group would be a bigger yeah. uh, uh, tool to getting people right started. and that's ours yeah like the philosophy of what yeah exactly of what we do and why we do it this way yeah. yeah, if you want to talk about that more, I'm happy to give you space to talk about it too. Because the the goal on the show is to 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 have my dope friends on, and like <laughs> since it's my show and I can do whatever, right. I also want to highlight badass black women. I so I've that. had Dolly on, I've had my friend Marley on, who does like massage therapy, and okay. like I've heard you talk about her. Yeah. yeah. She, but another reason I wanted to have you on, I want this episode to be kind of a lessons episode for people. Uh, so I want guests to kind of get an idea of what it'll be like if they want to come on and have space. Mm. I'm trying to slow myself down. I hope that's gotcha. clear. Cause yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm really excited to do this episode with you. Sorry. And that's why the second half will be really important too, to the overall theme of the show because I want people to understand the model and it'll be a thesis statement. So I've I've talked a bunch. Let's give you some, some space to talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, oh, that's okay. How are you? Let's... Um, let's I am good. I am very happy to be doing this and excited as well. I'm the kind of person that, yeah, these big kind of topics are my favorite. It's really hard for me to connect on small things. And I think that's why it's hard for me to really connect and get close with a lot of people. And um, I mean, we've known each other for years and I think every year it's, it's just something that happens that kind of gets us closer yeah. we figure out something else we have something in common it, or... it started off with me pissing you off <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Then, and then, <laughs> like i'm happy to, that that was that's part... usually the like marker to me of a good relationship <laughs> and where does it go from there seriously and it's, it's seriously that... patrick no I, appreciate... I mean we're in portland i've had these conversations with people i'm 46 so <laughs> 30 years and I would say 80% of the people disappear, drop off, never hear from again. Because what I've said or what we did was just too much, too and, big. And part of it is the nature of comedy, for sure. That, like, it's a, it's a, it's like religion. Like, people pass through it. They're like, oh, shit, this is for me. It's not for me. <laughs> so I get that. And I think you and I are also people who will make broad sweeping statements, but also be willing to be like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. I was wrong about yeah. 80% of that. Like, <laughs> And, and, but I also appreciate that, like, you, you pissing you off made me realize how many other people I must be pissing off. <laughs> but you were one of the few people that, like, this is pissing me yeah. off, you idiot. Like, I'm not going to pretend to be nice. No. Like, no, and I'm somebody never. who pretends to be nice. So, like, it can Like most folk here. Yeah. Now. And, like, well, it's, it's, you, it taught me the distinction between, like, do I want to be liked or yes. do I want to be likable? Yes. And I've had I've had falling off with friends in the other direction where mm. I was like, oh, I can't be around you because you taught me this lesson and I hate you. Like, gotcha. Or not, not hate you, but yeah. like I had a friend who was like, you're you're always right, Pat. Or you always want to you care less about being correct mm -hmm. and more about like improving yourself. Like, oh, and that they, was a bad thing. Yeah, because <laughs> they were like, no, you got to stand, you got you to stand oh, your ground sometimes. Gotcha. And I was like, Understood. not if I'm wrong. Right, like, right. Not, not, not if you're wrong. Like, right. like, I don't need to back your play if you're wrong too. Like, so I, I appreciate that. I, I don't yeah. know how many people are willing to admit. No, I started off by pissing off my friends. So. Yeah, not a lot. And it adds a level of deepness and you know what I mean? Everything's not just superficial and shallow. Yeah. Because we kind of had that whatever it was, conflict. I don't mean to imply that people need a fight to have a relationship. Yeah. I think there are definitely people who are like, I can only have a friend, like, I can only do this if you've bested yes. me. Yes. And I'm like, no. 
But I appreciate when my friends are fucking honest. Yeah, with me. of course. And like the, the the lesson was specifically that I have a habit of everything's a joke mm. without thinking about the fact that like not everything's like <laughs> like you're big on this on Facebook. You're a big mm. fan of like hurt my shit yeah. or laugh at my shit. Yeah. Don't don't give yeah. me the blue thumb. No, and uh, and that's another thing. I'm just one of those people, and again, complex. I'm just I am all or nothing. I am love me or leave me alone. So I want you to give me all the love or give me nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and this is another thing you said, too. I think this came up specifically on this subject. And you were like, well, do you do that for everyone else? And I was like, whoa, 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 Patrick. I was like, of oh, fucking course I do. So that to me was just like, who the fuck are you around? Yeah. That they would demand love and not get, well, of fucking course I do. Like that, to those, like those go hand in hand, but... That's so not like that's the big thing. Things are not reciprocal. People give, give, give and don't return, which I've lived as a black woman. Of course, that is the nature. So big part of that is, yeah, give me love or give me what I'm giving you. Another part of that is I've been on the Internet and social media since the inception (laughs) because of the kind of person that I am, because I'm queer, raised in Portland, a black person, a person who loves her blackness. I had to find people outside of Portland or I would have been freaking miserable. Wait, those, those things don't... You say we're limited on black... What are you... I don't want... Sorry. Hmm? I'm, I'm trying to... We're... Uh, there's... I still find people who are like, no, Portland's fine. And oh, like, yeah. It, right. Like, no. Right. Like, no, no, no. And in the 90s, it's like, where are my people? So being a Virgo, <laughs> using social media... Having the blue thumb for 10 years and being one of those people be like, oh, why can't we get reactions? Why can't? And then we finally get them and then people don't use them. So I'm like, are you guys fucking crazy? Like, Like, this is how you use social media. Use it correctly. Like, I'm on it here. Like, people want to. And this is another thing. Like, the flex is like, oh, you're always on social media. Or I'm not on social media like you. Like, bitch, yes, you are. I see you every day. Like I am just, I'd rather you just say, I don't want to give you a fucking heart. I'd rather you just say that and then giving me all this. I'm above social media. I'm above heart reacts. I don't do that. You know what I mean? Like I, my, my problem is I agree with every part of that sentiment, (laughs) but every part of that sentiment makes me want to use the heart more (laughs) because I'm like, well, look, I've been on it. Like, I remember being on MySpace and being like, I'm going to, yeah. like, I'm an idiot with computers. Yeah. But I remember being like, I'm going to figure out how to put a song in my thank profile. Thank you. Thank like, you. Because of that same thing. For me, the nuance was like, I don't want to give a heart when something, I don't want to give a thumbs up to a sad moment. Right? Like, or if that. It, like, exactly. And that was a whole part of the reaction. Like, people are putting, like, my mom, and we we're like, oh, blah, because that was the only option. And it's like, okay, this is, has evolved. We're able to. Put some emotion into this, which she is. I'm not a monster. I'm not a robot. Yeah. I am a full feeling, emotional, feel your emotions. Talk about your emotion person. And I think that's important. Another reason I really respect you is you're a teacher to me in addition to a friend, both actively and passively. Mm, both. Just, I think that's important in friendships in general. I agree. And I, th- I do the same with mine. If I had friends that I didn't learn from, like it would be what is the point? And one of the passive lessons you taught me is how to appreciate, enjoy, and celebrate. That was what I was looking for. Like, celebrate my emotions such as they yes. are, good and bad, and be 
genuine in them. Exactly. Because for real, a portion of white supremacy is like everybody is data. Exactly. Everybody is emotion. Yes. Like I hate to call out data as the ultimate white I man. I know, but, but like, but when it's it, all, when it's the only thing that matters, it is. Yeah. yeah. And like it, it's like I did as I've gotten older. For sure, I've come to understand how respectability yes. was used against people. Yes. Like, part of the notion of recyclables, of this whole series, mm -hmm. is to get people to be willing to do those things and see them as healthy and normal. Right. And be like, I can change. Like, I don't need to be this way exactly. if it's flawed. Especially if it's hurting me. Exactly. And, like, not getting to celebrate your emotions. Like, I'm not sure where it'll be in the timeline, but my a close friend of mine came out as trans recently, mm -hmm. and it was... I think a very important part of them being able to communicate it with me was me being able to go on my own journey and be able to be Understood. emotionally available. Yes. And I, yes. You're one of the many people I've learned that from. I don't want to be like, you are my only teacher. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, oh, guru. of course. But like, right. I, I do mean like, no, I've, I, I watch you and I'm like, oh, I want to be more like this person in the way, like not in the ways that are like, I shall appropriate a blackness. <laughs> <laughs> but just like, I want to be somebody that celebrates my emotions. Mm -hmm. I want to be somebody that is is fucking honest with themselves and the world. And like, so again, another reason why I'm having you on. <laughs> yeah, that that being authentic, and I like now. I know we have this whole self care and self development, which I've always been interested in. Like, I just think like I'll teach because I learn. I'm a student every single day. And I just do not understand people who wake up every day thinking they know everything already. Yeah. And that is, like you said, people speak so confidently and they're so wrong. And they're not able to say, let me look at this. Do you know how many times I've had to change my mind? Or oh, amen. Re you know, calibrate some stuff like, oh, you were really wrong about that. And it might have took a year, three years, but it's never like. This is what I think, and it'll never change. I can, I can, the conversation you and I had and have had about what is appropriate, like what is acceptable to joke about, yeah, to me yeah. has been important because it's a conversation I had all the way back as a kid where, like, there's an alter, alternate timeline where I'm like a big bully and an mm -hmm. asshole, and I'm aware of it. But my, my great uncle, <laughs> who uh, he, he was gay, but that part isn't as important as the part where he was bald. His, his gayness was just a factor to me. It wasn't like, oh, this is weirdness. Right. But it was another thing that I would make fun of as like a 10, 11, 12-year-old. Understood. And he was finally like, look, I know you think you're being funny, but you're insulting me. Gotcha. And if you want me to love you, mm. like you can't insult me. Mm. That's not the way it works. You broke it down to you like that. Yeah, and nice. I was like, okay, Good so I have a responsibility when I tell jokes. Yeah. And, and the continuation of that lesson is like, yeah, I have a responsibility too for what I joke about in addition to like who I'm joking about exactly. if that makes sense yes like and I know I, I think that's the big another piece that a lot of comics are missing those two that's a two-pronged and that yeah. will well I have like I think I, let me let me blow smoke up my ass <laughs> I have like a kind of religious reverence for comedy yes. for like the, this this kind of chaotic hyper object and like to me even there's this thing like we did a show a while ago with uh, AC and he we were we were just fucking around outside and he said something about a joke that I was about to do and I was like oh shit that's good I'm gonna use that mm -hmm. but like I I feel dirty when I do that <laughs> got you because like to me the magic was me and my friend were having a conversation mm -hmm. and this beautiful thing sparked got from you it. and so stand-up is this thing where it's like how can I 
spark between me and an audience. Mm-hmm. And so I have like a totally different set of rules for stand-up that, that is kind of separate from my opinions on comedy as like a reverence object and they, they kind of then okay. so like there's there's like I know I seem like I am a babbling stoner when I go on stage for <laughs> sure but there is like a method to the madness definitely you know? oh no I know okay <laughs> I'm yeah, never, you know I know I'm never that's what I'm I the same and that's why people are like how the hell do you listen to this stuff two three four times a week and that's because I'm with, I love it. Yeah. I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. I know people out here do shit they don't, they don't, love every, she doesn't, she, I, not work like that. Yeah. I'm not sitting in no club night after night listening to people if I didn't want to be there, yeah. obviously. And like, that's uh, one of the things I really love about Dirty Angel is you guys have a set of rules up top. Yes. Uh, specifically that are just to be like, hey, hey. This shit is inclusive, and like I've seen you enforce them even on people. I won't. I'll edit out the name, but like people where you're like, I, right? No, no. You, you know, offended somebody. I love, I'm gonna exactly. cut off your mic. Yep. And like you can come back. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that, but like you fucked up. Yes. Again, have a moment to learn uh-huh. the lesson. Uh-huh. Got to. And like I think a lot of comics are like, I'm I'm above lessons or I'm beyond yeah. lessons. Oh, for real, because she is mad at me to this day. Oh, she is. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, right, I'll roll my eyes at every call. with I, me. For, for, me for an open mic. Yeah, That's, she canceled me. I canceled like, for my own open mic. <laughs> I was up. It's like that line is not a hill to die on. Like thank that was you. that was a, I agree. That was a solid response joke. Like that she had of like I understood the setup. The, yeah. the mathematics were solid. Yeah, but you had a seven and it was really a three. Yeah, and so like yeah. learn the and lesson. And you did say it, and then we said stop, and you. That, that was you the doubled issue. down. Yeah. You kept going what, what, what and going that? and going. The deal is, anytime a comedian is like, I need to behave more like a white guy in yeah, charge. Right? I'm like, I'm sorry, I want to do... That's what I'm saying. The, the further a comedian is from acting like a white guy in charge. That's why I'm like fine with <laughs> nobody in comedy. Nobody famous. No, Those like, kind of things do not make me popular. Patrick. <laughs> no, I understand. And having like, rules, I, telling like you said people who are looking at me like bitch <laughs> who, who are you to tell me i don't understand it because there's it's it, what it, what i think it is or i do understand it but <laughs> what the part that i don't think they get is there's this thing i've realized is that there is quiet violence yeah where it's like you're not speaking the violence into existence it's happening tangentially because of the system right and stand-up has that in that yeah. like hey if you're if you're poor and you can't make it to the mics immediately, yeah. like, there's a barrier there. Right. 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 And you guys are just open about your barrier. <laughs> We're like, we will be very clear about what is offensive. You don't have to guess. Right. Right. Like, you don't have to, I hope whatever the fuck her name is, at whatever the fuck the name of the club is, like, I don't I don't have to hope this fits her yeah. or his taste. I don't need to do, uh, uh, I don't, I know where the steps are. Exactly. I know exactly what the pressure points are. If I step on that thing, I need it's to know... And, like, that goes back to that reference thing where I'm, like, I've never thought to make a rape joke, but if I've had rape, in, like, if I've used the concept inside of a joke, mm-hmm. I'm going to use it super responsibly, right. and I'm going to make sure that joke is ready. Yes. Like, the, the, the joke isn't going to be, ha-ha, rape. Right. And I think there's a lot of people that are, like, no, that's the joke, and yeah. I'm, like... Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm thinking, like, Donald Glover's bit where he's, like, uh, uh, it would be really hard to rape me because I'm a man. You'd mm-hmm. have to, like trick me or like right. be a chair or something and i'm like cool your joke is that you got raped mm-hmm. not that like 
you didn't do anything with it. Yeah, you didn't tear uh, right. apart how this concept works. Right. You didn't say, hey, here's That's why this is fucked up and I'm a you. part of it. Right. What is the point? What is the point? I wish I knew with many comics. <laughs> and that's my thing. And I, uh, reading my memories today, I had a post about comics and words. Like, those are like your biggest, like, that's your thing. <laughs> those are yours. And you guys don't seem to think or realize how important those words are. <laughs> it's uh, using the history of stand up episode a little bit. Like, what I know, I think what it is is there's like the sales pitch in life and the reality. It's like yeah. with jobs, right? Yeah. And the sales pitch with stand-up is you can say whatever you yes. want. Yes, yes. And that, that appeals to the people who just want to say whatever they want. They just want to say whatever, right. But like, you, I don't know about, I can't speak for you, mm-hmm. but I can assume for you <laughs> and I speak for myself and that like comedy appeals to me because I've had a shitty life. Yeah. <laughs> and being able to laugh at it yeah. has kept me alive and sane and being able to show other people who have had shitty moments, hey, it's okay. Yes, You're going to make it through laugh. to the other side too. Yes. Like, let's hold hands. I'm going to guide you through the part when it was weird for me. Yeah. We're going to have footprints in the sand this, but like sideways around the problem. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that came later. I just, we grew up in a, a silly household. And I think maybe that may, more came from my mother who came here from the projects. From another city? From Harlem. Yeah. Oh, first sure, generation sure. Portland, which is like, Dahlia's whole thing is like, that explains so much. <laughs> she says that to me all the time. She's like, a black girl from Portland, that's you. And then I'll talk about my my you know history yeah. and who my parents are, and she'll go, okay, okay. that makes way more sense it, that you had a mother that grew up in the sixties and seventies in Harlem. Okay, got it. <laughs> if, if I may treat you as an archaeological artifact yeah, right, for a moment, right, you right. are truly unique like that. Like yeah, I can't same. imagine there's more than like a dozen <laughs> human beings. In approximately that position, if that. Yeah. So, like, like. And I get that. And that is my experience. And I have to move through the world like that. So, like, I'm just like, you're so this. And I'm like, okay, but it's not always being cool being this different. We, I, like, sometimes, or I used to, not now, but I used to be just like, bitch, fit in. <laughs> no. Just fit in. And it's, I, I understand a little bit of that. Like, obviously, I don't know much of that pressure, but I knew, do know as a person who's, like, been pretty closeted about their own pansexuality, mm-hmm. or at least, like, their own, like, I don't know exactly what to qualify myself as, but, like, yeah, a lot of that has been, like, I just want to fit in and not have conversations yeah. with people. I don't want, and a lot of it has been, I've never, uh, like, on a personal, not, not to get too personal, but, like, <laughs> on my own goddamn show. So right, I'm, like, not to get too personal, yeah. we're talking about this. But, like, I, I've always, like... I've assumed since I chose people to be around, they were choosing to be around me. Yes. And the reasons were the same. Gotcha. And oftentimes people have chosen me because I'm useful or convenient. Mm-hmm. And, like, I haven't realized that in friendships because I've been like, oh, I appreciate the things you say or I think your mind's cool or I think you're misunderstood or whatever my thing is right. w- with that person. And it's over, like, a lot of my 30s has been figuring out, oh, you're not necessarily friends with me mm-hmm. you just appreciate what i can amen. do for you or where i am amen and like Staying it's it, it really sucks when you're like but i still see the value in yeah. you as a human being and i, I want know. you to see that it's disappointing that i it have to like siddhartha this journey <laughs> because i really and only because like i really hope you'll catch up to me right. in whatever you're amen. you're shit because there's a lot of friends in the last shit since, since the pandemic even where i'm like you're not good. Like, like, like you're, you, you might be good at heart, 
but the number of yeah. steps you have to take to get to good aren't steps I can take <laughs> for you. Like, yeah. I've got to take my own steps. Exactly. And maybe, like you said, maybe we'll meet up at a different part of the journey, but right now, it yeah. just is not working. Uh, it's one of the things I've appreciated about you and Hijinx, specifically as other comedians, are your people I've come to respect more for the fact that you're like, I'm not really going to fucking be disingenuous. I'm not going to front. I'm not going to fake. I'm right. not going to, like, I'm me. You're you. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. Even if we don't hang out, I still respect that. I just don't hang out with anybody. Yeah. It, for, yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. to hide in my room and count my magic cards Amen. and it's think about. It's a blessing. And I think that, too, with people kind of like us who are, think about the big, deep stuff, like, you, we have to be isolated. Like, you have to have time for isolation because our minds are just going, 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 going. At least that's how I feel. Yeah. And, and and what I what I to circle what you were saying, sorry, my brain caught up to what you were saying. Like that's that's been a weird thing of realizing like, oh, I've had to fit in in these ways. We actually had this conversation before in person mm-hmm. where I'm like, I have always thought I was aware of where I was on the privilege class right. scale and that I was behaving appropriately and respectfully to everyone else. Mm-hmm. And a lot of growing up is realizing like, okay, a bunch of that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> And a bunch of the things you're taught to do that are respectful are bullshit. Are bullshit, exactly. And, like, you're actually making your life worse when you have mm-hmm. to try to fit in. But at the same time, it is really fucking nice to fit in. It, it, exactly. It's, it's, exactly. So Even I'm, when it's hard to do. I, I don't know if you have this, but I will... I don't know if miss is the right word, but I'll be like, man, that was easier. Like, like all of these parts <laughs> I was cutting off of myself did make me smaller. And that small part you. was yep. easy enough to manage. So I don't. I, I feel like I'm cutting you off. Or oh, that. that's okay. Yeah. I remember. I just. This is going to happen. I think. This is the process. This is that's we why. To ha- exactly. That's why I have notes. So yeah, just going back to the laughter and like my mom coming from like the bottom, alcoholic mother, living in the projects, six of them, in a three bedroom. Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, projects. Um, and just living in that and hearing the stories that she told us and poverty and just all of that. And of course, there's good times, of course, but there, there's some rough times. So her coming out here, pregnant with me at 18. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's pregnant a story. Pregnant with me. That's what I'm saying. Like, Are you the oldest? I am. So oldest girl comes out here by herself. Well, I would say by herself, but... Her older sister already lived out here and was married to a man who was uh, military. So that's how she got oh, to okay. Pacific Northwest. Oh, okay. So that's how yeah, they yeah. ended up Pacific Northwest. So I was, how the hell? Why couldn't you stop somewhere in the middle, mom? Because like, <laughs> like, I was just thinking, like, late 70s, early 80s, there was jack shit for jobs in Oregon. Like, nobody was coming yeah. here because, like. Yeah, they were on the uh, shipyards. So that's okay, where the, yeah, you yeah. know, that's where that's, black yeah. folks made their money. Yep. On the ships. Vanport, like that that's was, where we that are. Was just yep. blaring in my that's, so yeah, that's what that's our history here. It's very compact. So he started in Tacoma and then ended okay, up. Okay, okay. Yeah, because there's bases up there. Exactly. Okay, that makes sense. So they settled here. And so when she uh found out she was pregnant, her older sister, my aunt, was like, Come on, you know, I've got a pretty good life out here. Yeah. But, you know, compared to where we had. She came out here, hadn't finished high school, so like enrolled in some teen mom program had me so my uncle introduced my mother to his best friend 
Okay. And okay. that is who she married here. That's pretty cool. In Portland. First stepfather. So my oh, first, okay. two, yeah, I was like, ain't that cool? Two, <laughs> so my two sisters, my baby sisters yeah. that I talk about the most were from him. So she, those, she has three girls, okay. three girls stopped when she had them. I, Thank God. That was one of the things, more marriages, but not more kids. So that, that is actually okay. a blessing. Yeah. But the man that she married was a biracial man. Probably from one of the biggest biracial families in Portland. Probably his dad was one of the first land black land owners in Portland, Oregon, in Northeast Portland. I just want to laugh because just like it's so like our racist history is so ridiculous. That's like no, there was the one black guy. Yeah, like like, the, like that's not the way numbers should work. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry that I'm laughing. If but you I'm just, just like, like literally Google Portland and that light, then you'd get okay. like it's that kind of yeah. prominent. So, and again, we're talking 75, 70, like yeah. we're in that. So 75 to 78 time. It's it's weird about Oregon's history that we're always like honestly kind of a decade behind <laughs> where everywhere else is. <laughs> it, in a yeah, lot of ways. at least. Like, at least. Like we'll do weird. I, I, I've talked about it a ton on the show, but like, we'll do weird shit where like, <laughs> we're environmentalism way ahead of the time. Oh, yes. But it's specifically because we're like, well, we just got rid of the KKK. Um, let, let's. Trees! Trees and fish! There we are so good. Do guys. not look into the pillowcases. We like, are so good when it comes to that. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that. So growing up. In that kind of environment, in Portland, Oregon, and being a dark-skinned black girl with two very light-skinned sisters growing up with that, <laughs> that shaped a lot, that, yeah, obviously. That's a, that is a lot that I <laughs> That will, shaped a lot. That is a, a conversation that, it, like, that other people have that I have found, like... I don't know the right adjective to use, <laughs> but like the more I find out about it, the more I'm like, man, we are such a weird species. Like, and the things we've done to each other have made it like so much. It, it's a thing that I never knew I had to know about. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And so like, it's, it's information that I'm sometimes like, I don't know how to respond appropriately. It's, it's, Bizarre to me that other people aren't curious about other people's narratives. Yeah. And so when I'm like, oh, this is a whole aspect I've never had to know about. Because of it, I've had to, I, I have to reflect on that same narrative in myself of like, right. oh shit, my own colorism exists and I didn't even know I had it. Right. Oh fuck. Right. And now that I know I have it, I can be conscientious and like re- at least learn how of to course. respond to it. Of course. But it's, it's, enlightening is not the right word. It's, it's been, informative yeah to, i like enlightening okay like enlightening, enlightening to yeah. understand that like th- this narrative that i didn't know existed exists and the importance of it and the importance that i know about it so that i'm not perpetuating exactly it. and like the other importance of that is that as a parent i need to make sure and and take a time out yeah. and be like hey kiddo yeah we need to know about this thing so that we're not doing it exactly and i think like the thing that makes me weirder or different than other parents is that like a lot of I don't know if it's puritanicalism or white supremacy mm. or like the we call it the we call it the mm-hmm. anti-life equation right. on the show a lot where it's like capitalism and class and racism and white supremacy as mm. those are separate things like mm. all A plus B equals this whole yes. thing yes. that pushes us all down and it's me knowing about it 
part of the reason I don't know about it is this whole system yes. also tells me it's not yours to know. Yeah, got you. And got it, you. It, it's like we've had this conversation. I've tried to explore it on stage a little mm-hmm. bit with the Wu Tang Clan material. Where like I didn't start listening to Wu Tang until I was like thirty. Because I was like, it's, I don't want to appropriate. I don't want to like, <laughs> I don't, a lot of the reason I listened to so much goddamn Eminem and Disturbed is that people were like, in my head, I was like, oh, this is white people music. Understood. I must, I hate country. Yeah. I must listen to this. Got you. And a lot of the conversation was like, no, just don't steal this <laughs> right, shit. Right, 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 right. Like, you can listen. You can enjoy it. Yeah. Don't, don't write the just 63 don't act like you came up right with like, it. <laughs> I just mean like it's it's embarrassing, but it's also I think important for people to understand. Like, yeah, it's embarrassing, but get over it. Like, like right? Because Amen. then we we negate your story, which I didn't mean to interrupt. But I wanted <laughs> it's to okay. like. I think that's gonna happen a lot, just because it's like, oh, I didn't know that. So we gotta. It's gonna be tangents. It's yeah. all good. And I'm just saying all this, just so like, yeah, when we do talk about more stuff, like my past or what. I went through obviously informs how I am and who I am today and which is why colorism is one of my ministries. It's not just because it's a thing in America. It's because I literally live through it every day in my family. The things that I've heard people that supposedly love us, me say just based on skin tone and skin color. And how they were always the pretty ones and I was the smart one. People literally look at a picture of all three of them and be like, oh my God, your sisters are so pretty. And they're like, I'm right fucking... I, yeah. <laughs> and I'll be like, Whoa. It's It's weird that I, like, I can I can imagine saying that because like I've never met your sisters before and I assume you know I know you're lovely. <laughs> or I think you're lovely. But like... Yeah, I think you've met my sister Keisha before. She's been at many shows. It, is it hard... I hope this isn't a weird question, but no, is it hard to, it. I don't think forgive is the right word. Is it hard? Mm-hmm. I guess it is. Yeah. Is it hard to be forgiving or is it easy to be forgiving when your family does that? And it's not at all because it's like, it's hurt. You know, those wounds, yeah. it's like those wounds. They, they're still there. Like they might be covered up, but there's so, there's so many scars I have. I think about it to me too much to be 46. I still think about it do a you, lot. Do you think they, are aware of it is that is has that changed um i think some people are some but i'd say most it's just one of those things do you sorry you you said a thing that just made me think of a thing do you Mm -hmm. have the thing i do where you're like i shouldn't be this excited about cotton candy ice cream or whatever (laughs) because like i'm not quite 40 but i'll be like i'm getting real close and i'm like not out of vanity. I think I'm 38. I just keep forgetting what number I am. That's not. That's not maybe. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm better than my. No, I just don't fucking remember. But like, I'll have this thing. Like yesterday, I got cotton candy ice cream because I I never I hadn't gotten an ice cream cone in like a year, and got I was you. like, Wee! and then I was like, I'm an adult. I mean, <laughs> I, I, no. Is that what you meant when you said like for 46, or did you mean did you mean that in a different sense? Uh, to still, did you just mean like this is too long to be holding on to it? I just oh, mean I'm an got immature. you, got you, yeah. I just mean yeah. I'm an adolescent in a... Yeah, no, that's what I meant. Yeah, oh, okay. like all these years. Oh, yeah. okay, 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 okay. Because that's a different yeah. gravity, and yeah. I just wanted to make sure I was no. understanding. I've, I've definitely worried... I was definitely abusive to my sibling pre-transition, but it was much more, you were just my sibling, and I was taking it out on got, the person. Gotcha, yeah. Like, it wasn't... Like, I'm not proud of it, but, and it's definitely a barrier between us. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, 
he's still an annoying dick. So it's just, <laughs> like, he's not a dick, but he's still definitely, I'll be like, you are so much our dad's child right now. I need to back away. And like, and like that will be definitely the low blow to him because yeah. he hates our dad even more than I do. I, I just, I just have like, educated nuanced like arguments <laughs> he, he just has boiling just unburdened rage but like i'm definitely aware when we converse about the fact that like that i'm a part of a lot of the anti-life equation i'm a part of the oppressor so i assume gotcha. i've hurt everybody gotcha yeah and so i don't know if that makes it harder or easier for other people when when you're kind of lower on our bullshit hierarchy <laughs> like I don't think it should exist, but it exists, so it's like, well, it's there. I hate it. But, like, I'm asking you a question you can't answer exactly, <laughs> just in that, do you think that people who aren't more privileged have a harder, ha- have an easier time or a harder time realizing when they're using their privilege Got or you. abusing it? Gotcha. I would say definitely harder. I mean, if I just look at, I mean, yeah, just this topic, if I, just to push back I'll say if I would have brought up like the light skin, dark skin, it kind of goes, they'll be like, well, well, light skin girls get big, you know, yeah. it'll be that. It won't be, uh, hmm, let me think about that. It'll just be how they're being oppressed as well. Yeah, yeah. which is pretty easy to do with like everything is shitty. So I'm. When you assume everything about yourself is shitty, such as I do, it's easy to <laughs> it's assume hard. that you, you, you've been shitty. Right. And when you're like, well, everybody shat on me. What if I, like, how, how could I be shitty? And, like, part of the show is definitely exploring, like, when I've been wrong. Right. And I'm realizing, especially in comedy, we'll have a lot of people where, like, I don't intersect with. And I'm like, why are you being a white dude right now? Like, <laughs> right. And then I have to be like, oh, you don't know what white dudeness is because you haven't spent 40 years you being won. the problem. So you don't assess it. it as to, oh, and, and I don't know, I guess I, it's, uh, so has that, have you, have you uh, taken that and put it into how you approach comedy and stuff too? Where it's not, not, a, I know you don't do stand up, but I mean yeah. like how you book and shit and what you Definitely. Because because I think you're like me where it's like, you, you know when you're supposed to laugh? Yeah. So sometimes their brain goes laugh. <laughs> and then, at least for me, True. I will laugh if you're a, an idiot. Like, <laughs> Got you. If you go on stage and say the worst possible Got thing. Got you. I'm the person that's la- like, there's a reason I don't sit in the main part. That makes sense. Because, like, I'm like, you were just gotcha. so fucking dumb on purpose. Gotcha. That, you that don't that'll know laugh. that you're stupid. <laughs> Got you. And that will. That'll make you laugh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I always know when I'm stupid. I'm always <laughs> stupid. But, yeah, but I think that is a good point, though. People who have less privilege, even though they have privilege in their other intersections, don't always recognize it that, or they just don't want to even accept that. They do. Yeah. Which is hard. I always appreciate folks that recognize their privilege, even when obviously there's parts of you that are not privileged. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But to to make that point, one of my things I like to point out to people is like I can only walk because people think I'm a straight white guy. <laughs> like if I if I was gayer, there would have been violence. If I was black, of course the cops would have hit me at some point. If I was a woman, mm. th- like there's a very good chance just if I had gotten pregnant as a woman, I could be paralyzed. Right. Like so, Got I'm you. aware that like mm. all of this, sh- all, the little bit I can walk. Yeah. Is, wow. That's deep. It's. 
I, I guess <laughs> I didn't mean to. I stumbled into it, but I mean, like it's it's definitely made me aware of it, and it's also. But I've also had times where I like didn't even think about it. my of friend. Course. My friend transitioning has made me realize, like, oh shit, there's a bunch of shit I totally gender mm. reflexively, Understood. and that I thought I wasn't. We all do, yeah. And then I'm like really examining it, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, oh yeah, like I was yeah. growing you all the time. Mm. Wow. And like, I kind of... Gendered. Gendered, yeah. Yeah. And and did you, speaking of gender and Mm -hmm. sexuality, I understand if if I'm reading through your posts correctly. (laughs) Just digging through there. I'm like a... I haven't done that. I don't... Yeah, yeah. I don't don't want you to feel like I've been stalking (laughs) you. We're just... Yeah. But uh, my understanding is it's been a struggle with your family a little bit for them to at least understand maybe. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, heck yeah. And that's been forever. Okay. That's another thing. I mean, I think, uh, and I can't even use the word come out, but it was realized <laughs> that she liked same sex 13, 14. Again, okay. I'm this kind of person that I just can't, I'm, I cannot hide things. I just can't. If I'm in love with somebody, you're going to know. And yeah. that's what it was. My mom saw me in the girl and was like, Oh, you like her? It was I. It was I, I couldn't hide it. I mean, was I look at her with googly. You know what I mean? No, no I'm I, dead serious. I, was that a problem for mom then? Oh, or, hugely. Oh, okay. We're hugely Christian. Hugely, oh, okay. hugely, hugely, hugely. Okay. So that was a big, super big problem, which is where just my break off of just being comfortable, you know. In my skin starts. So you had to like start hiding that like pretty early then. I, no, it wasn't never a hide. It, it was, was just a we know this about you and we don't like it about oh, you. Okay. And so that knowing living in my household that I wasn't accepted or liked or this part not even liked hated. Yeah. This part of you is hated, and for me, that was a pretty big part of me. No, that's that's fair. So I, that was like the start of me kind of. The break off for to to make it about me again, <laughs> but like I remember kind of having more of a thought of like, oh yeah, no, I think some guys are pretty, and like I'll explore this later. And Got it was always you. like a ba- like it was like I'm fucking dealing with a million things right now. I'll decide who I like why Got later. You. Like, and, I wish, and man. So no, I'm de- no, but I'm definitely jealous That's because jealous. I'm like. I'm like I would I would love to be able to be comfortable in my own skin, goddamn it! And like it's it's definitely a thing where I'm like, oh, that is alien to me. Yeah. But I understand it too instinctively. Where I was like, it's never yeah. been a question. It's just been to me a matter of like, I have all this other shit to deal with. I'll <laughs> I'll worry about my back and like mm-hmm. rent and like I'll figure out who blows me yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but one thing that it just, it's always has been this thing because I have a mother who has literally made sure that I'm the person I am today. But I also feel like she doesn't like a lot of, like, you, she gave me the freedom yeah. and the mind and the materials. Like, this lady knew, like, okay, my daughter is a student. Like, she wasn't a big reader or academic person. But she knew that I would just absorb anything. So any anything she could find, books, coworkers would. Get, I mean, we yeah. had every manner of thing. And this is why I, I think I'm so interested in so many things because 
she, anything, medical, journal, right. like whatever it was, she would bring it home and here you go, here's yeah. books. I, you know? I totally relate to that. Yeah, and I feel like she like gave me all this on a platter like, like the world is yours, take it. And then when I did that, it was like, whoa, whoa, not like that. Oh, stop, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> you did everything I wanted the wrong way. <laughs> right. Like she taught me to ask questions. She taught me to fight against the <laughs> mainstream, the norm. And then it's like I do it. She's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> and it's this weird thing to where I know that she's proud of me. She's told me I'm brave before. But it's still, she is who she is. And that coming from where she came from, like I said, being an American, being not poor, yeah, having nice things, those things are important to her because of where she came from. I grew up with a mother like that. So those things, I don't, I get, my mother is a, like, if you walk in her house right now, like, she's going to clean up, like, there's nothing like, that's how I grew up, just spotless. And so I'm not that kind of person in my room. So it's just like all those things that you look like. You're not like me. You're not ladylike. You're not pretty in that sense. Gotcha, gotcha. To me, just because of who I am, how I present myself, I always have this masculine side. And I come from ladylike women. So that already was, a, oh, you're too boyish. You're dark. Like, so I always had all these things to where I felt like, I'm not like these women I'm growing up with. They're so pretty and they're so this and they're so that. And I know I'm smart because everyone tells me I'm smart. Yeah. You are so smart. <laughs> like, I got that going for me. But you guys got anything but else But that's, that's it. It makes me think, like, of my own childhood and that, like, I had a very, I felt a very similar, like, I don't know how to be, I want to be nothing like these people but I appreciate a ton of the tools yeah, for giving me. Yeah. Like, like my grandmother was legitimately the devil in a lot of ways. <laughs> oh. But at the same time, my appreciation and love of language and mm. words and my ability to be like, I'm going to do what I have to to survive, but I'm going to never lose my honesty yeah. to myself. Mm. But like at the same, I, I strongly identify with the part where you're like, you're giving me all of these tools. <laughs> Why are you so mad that I'm yes, using them? Yes, yes. Because yes. like I, I left home at 18 specifically because I was like, you guys made it abundantly yeah. clear living here meant right. living under these conditions. Ex of course. Why would I live here? Exactly. Same with me. 17. Uh, 17? Oh, shit. And that's because I graduated early. Oh, okay. I, I was 17 when I graduated. I, I was scared they would bring me back home. Mm. And so like I was like, all right, once I'm 18, they, yeah. they legally... Can't. Gotcha. Like, okay. I can be under a bridge, and they can't force me to go home at that yeah. point. But if I'm 17, they can. Gotcha. So I will just wait until... <laughs> You're legal. Yeah. Like, I think it was, like, January, and my birthday's in December. Gotcha. It was, like, it was, like, it was pretty it that was, fat. Yeah. yeah, and I was still in Same school, now. and I ended up dropping out and stuff. Oh, wow. Like, like gotcha. I, I... That's... But also, that wasn't their fault. I wasn't... I'm realizing, in hindsight, I didn't fit into school. Yeah. Like I hated school. I... That that's a lot of what this show is yeah. is is I left school feeling retarded. Yeah. Specifically, that adjective in that I know I'm yes, smart, yes. but then I feel stupid about so many mm. things in life, and a lot of it is 
school doesn't prepare you for life. No, it does not. And the other half of it is school doesn't actually teach you much. It really doesn't, except for how to conform. <laughs> and like, I'm bad at conform. I'm not good at conforming. Yeah. And I'm also bad at conforming. Right. So like, <laughs> when I try to, like, yeah. So so I, I strongly relate with that. Yeah. Did you jump into the nonprofit right away then? Or, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, early. Yeah, early. My mom and... Fourth stepdad, fourth and final stepfather. She she really, in my in my humble opinion, I apologize, but, but she can't get mad at queerness if she's on like her fourth husband. Like, <laughs> but, but, how, how? Hey, that's what I'm saying. This is a woman who, again, like I said, super respectable, church going, but lady, you have four husbands. Yeah, like it's it's fine that you're all those which things. is to me is a gangster thing in itself first of all being a black woman because first they say they say black women don't get married they don't get married like it's easier to be blown up by a terrorist than for a black woman oh i didn't know that oh yeah that's a huge statistic <laughs> so i've always loved that first of all like oh no this black woman can get a man to marry her okay <laughs> and but it went back to that religion thing though it was, we meet, we get married. Oh, gotcha. It was no, you feel me? Yeah. So it was no date. So, like, after my my <laughs> my sister's father, two and three were both church folk. One was the literally a pastor and son of a reverend. So that's when we got, church got real serious. Sorry. Serious and weird. That must have been a hard divorce, too. Like, that must have been a it weird... It was a very hard divorce. But again, and this is why I look at my mom, too, as that bravery. Like, you can, as much as you want to, you know, conform, she has those... She got some brave moments, believe me. Which yeah. is, lady, where I get them, <laughs> where I, I get them from! I, I think we mistake... <laughs> I think we mistake the strength to survive for a kind of weakness sometimes, especially in hindsight. And, like... Especially with our parents, it's easy to do because we're like, you gave us all those tools and I know all these things thanks to you. But at the same time, there are moments where you're like, really? (laughs) A lot. Yeah. A lot. A lot. So anyway, so her, she met the man she's married to now who has been married. They've been married for 28 years. They met when I was 14. They were co-workers. And (laughs) she told this man. It's so funny because she's the one who made, she made him wait the longest. She really did date him four years, five years they dated. And he was the best one, like the one that she should like. Yeah. Bam. He was younger than her, seven years younger, not a Christian. Yeah. These are all, these are all like, you feel me? Like everything different, everything different. In my head, sorry, in my head. Because you're DJ Wildchild, I made I made your mom MC Wildchild. <laughs> I love it. I was like MC Wildchild, you can do this. And I was like, I know her last name isn't Mrs. Collins. It can't be. It can't be. So in my head for the narrative. Oh, that's hilarious. You I'm can sorry. call her MC Wildchild. I'm gonna tell you that that's hilarious. But okay, so coworkers and my mother. You probably you heard of uh, YI Youth Employment Institute. You remember YI? So they provided GED services and youth employment services. Oh, and that's what your mom's doing. Yes, what she. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. that was her. That was her last job. She always worked in group homes and as a counselor oh, nice. and things like that. Yeah, um, but yeah. at YI is where she worked while we were while we were kids and where she retired. 
So she started there as a youth counselor, had, you know, a caseload of kids, GD instructor. Then she started managing the programs and, you know, big wig in them. Yeah, no, that's, that's dope. Huge. Like, again, worked her way up. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So that's what we saw. My mother helping youth. We That's where we spent our summers, our week. Like, that job was her life. Like, that's where we, YI had, you know, we're at, you know, a job fair. We were there helping her. Like, that was what we did. So it kind of felt like a part of our yeah, work. You're, you're, we you're. already learning community, you know, all that kind of stuff. And also church, community outreach. So we already had that basis growing up in church. So, again, stepdad, same thing, working as a youth counselor. When they started dating, he was like, I'm interested in you. She's like, I don't date my coworker. I don't date people I work with. He Respectable. Quit. So you that's heard a, of self that's, enhancement. That's it. That's a that's 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 lady he I have in you. Lo- yeah, oh, please. I'm he telling does. you, thirty years. I mean, he worships my mother to this day. Um, you heard of self enhancement? Yeah. You've heard of that company? I've heard of the, oh, oh, no, no, no. no I've heard of okay. the practice, but oh no, self enhancement. <laughs> it's called SEI. Okay. It's a huge nonprofit here in Portland. Oh, okay. I think they I've work seen at initials, but not the yeah, yeah, SEI exactly. Okay. You've you've seen it. Um, so they work in Portland public schools now. Uh, David Douglas, but in my day, they were just in Portland Public Schools. So, is they based Portland Public and David Douglas different? Districts? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, okay. definitely. Different. The Park Rose, and that always confused me. I always yeah, assumed different. they were the They're same. All different. Yeah. yeah, Portland is very like eighty second, uh, and after that, it it's is a weird. different. It is. I was having a conversation with a friend the other day that like it's weird that we're such a big town and we're convinced we're a city that we will do that. I know, and it's like. All of these schools should just be one system, you assholes. And again, that's why the money is just so stupid. Yeah, it's so stupid. All right, sorry. But But I will say, though, as a person who grew up in Portland Public Schools when they had money, and then looking at it now, I'm glad my kids were in David Douglas because they they would have had a whack, whack experience in Portland Public Schools. So SEI contracts with schools to place their counselors in there so they give extra support Mm -hmm. to at-risk and gang affected youth. Okay, dope. So they're an extra person that that person has to, like a school counselor, but more. Okay. You know, they don't we, work for the school, but they're at that school. I, I might have had somebody like that at Park yeah, Rose. Of course. We had a, like, yes. I got it's put in this, like, AA like that. class. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so he quit YI and went to work with, for SEI, where he works to this day. So he's been there for 30 plus years. Jeez. So, yeah, so they both have worked with youth. In the community, that's what, what I saw. What, what, what did you start working here? I really liked MC Wildchild. Like, she, <laughs> she is so pretty. Yeah. And I'm, I'm telling you, my mom, both of them, super popular, super big in the community. Like, yeah. everyone knows them. They know everybody. That's where we grew up. That's what we, we go to school and they be like, well, you know, if you skip school or anything, people are going to know. And that was really what, like, people will tell on us. Already being church kids, so we get watched. <laughs> then our parents work in the community, so people are always like, "We're the example kids." Like, "Ooh, look at, ooh, look at Geraldine's. Ooh, look at Richard's kids. Ooh, so we always have that. Well, people are watching you guys, so you have to be, you know, the examples. That's you can't weird... get in trouble. Yeah, it, that's, that's a pressure. It is. It ooh. sucks. Which was a lot of the pressure and the why are you doing this and you can't be that and you. And I, I imagine you've got to carry that with you today still. Oh, you Lord, already but know. Yeah. Because I have the, in the back of my head, you're going to get in trouble. 
like they're gonna catch you. Nobody's watching you, yeah. But they might, which is a different kind of scary. Yeah. Like I think yours is pressured minus terror. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, mine came from fear. Like I said, yeah, I'm still scared. Now there are people today. I'm like, oh, I'll tell your mother. I'm like, I am 46 years old, and you still. T-. And I people still tell on me. People still. Oh, he got reading Corky Post, and oh, she that cussing, oh, she cusses to this day. <laughs> that's why I, like 80% of Portland I don't follow on social media <laughs> just gets, uh, over they the might years your mom. well no that it's happened like we've had falling outs like it's serious like oh. I'm dead serious like talking about my personal life or just oh, like, gotcha. has yeah, gotten yeah. me in trouble do, do you do you feel I feel a similar pressure even though I know I'm not celebrated <laughs> or celebrity <laughs> to act like one a little bit on social media where I'm like Actually, as depressed as I am, I'm not going to tell everyone today because yeah. it's not their and their thing, right. right? But is it is it that similar thing where or or like I'm not going to do anything that would damage my my notion of my Big celebrity time. five years from now or yep. whatever? Do you do that when you're you're online too because of that? And it's getting worse. Like before, I didn't really think about, but yeah, even now, just more now as we're a business and we're doing more things in the public and. Uh, more on a national stage in other states and people are looking at us and our festival is getting out to other states and we're award winning and it's like yeah we have different kind of eyes on us now do you so i could say this five years ago and now you know it'll get picked up or looked at maybe in a different way or other people who i didn't have access to access to are commenting on it and you know gonna see it yeah i keep toying around with the idea of doing like i'll just do like, like a, a, a entertainment account. Got you. And then just put my shit on. Have you considered gotcha. that yet? I haven't. I um, keep getting closer I and closer to that idea. I think my stuff is so intertwined that it will just be so hard. I feel like I am Dirty Angel. Dirty Angel is me. I yeah. try to get better about posting on different things instead of Facebook. Yeah. That is what I have actually do more of is just trying to find different apps to do instead of Facebook. Because Facebook's just... I feel like I can be, like, freer on Twitter. Because yeah. no one follows me on Twitter. They don't even know I'm on Twitter. No one knows, cares about me on Twitter. I've, so I've, I can say the most outlandish crap on Twitter. I've been, I've been feeling that. <laughs> a bit, yeah. Where I'm no like, one's going to pick it up. The, the thing I like about Facebook that I've liked is that I could write a book on there yeah. if I really wanted to. Yes. But I've also come to accept that, like, I've also figured out what does and doesn't work exactly. algorithmically. Yep. And so it's like, actually, I'm not going to waste my essay on you guys. That's, and yes. And just making those kind of decisions more and more before, I would have never thought of that kind of stuff. But I'm definitely struggling to put those essays anywhere else, (laughs) (laughs) which is making me wonder, like, how up my own ass am I? But that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) What was the, what was the nonprofit that you're doing since I've derailed you about nine times? Oh, gotcha. (laughs) Okay. So, so back to that. So. YI was funded by a workforce board called Workforce Development. What were they called back then? They've changed their name so many times. I can't remember what it was. But it's the overarching company that runs all these programs. So federal government makes... Top tier. Yeah. Makes an act or a fund. It was uh, youth employment. Okay. They make money for that. Then they give it to the states, and then the states give it to different it, contractors, it right? Down, yeah, kind of like the so, PPP loans, but like maybe useful. <laughs> like, like exactly. 
So my mom works for youth programs. I'm not, I always knew I didn't want to work with kids. <laughs> that just, that's not my calling. As a mother of three, I, three, right? Yeah. Okay, that's, that's yeah. ridiculous. I like my kids. Yeah, I don't want to work with your kids. And I do like his. I just knew that at every single, like, that just wasn't my call. It's just not. I'm not supposed to teach kids I'm, or work with kids or be around kids. Nothing. I respect if you want to say that. Yeah. I like and, kids, but I like them over there. Yeah. And I just didn't really even know direct service like it did. I did want to be a counselor. I'm, you see me. I'm, I like the administrate. I like the behind the scenes type stuff, paperwork and rules. And Did you know that that young? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I've, I've always struggled with, like, I know, I know, I went to church too, but it was like Methodist, so gotcha. like less, less entrenched, but I was like, I know I want to do essentially a ministry. I want to, gotcha. I, I know. Oh, sorry. Can I get this? Yeah, this go ahead. He's <laughs> like, you see that weed on my desk? <laughs> Y'all can have me some if you want. <laughs> I love it. I, you're, you guys are legit people. I will just give joints to you because I know I you have it. a thing that's as fucked up as my thing, <laughs> and I also know Jinx won't always give them to you. Yeah. So like, I'll be like, I'm gonna double slip you. So I'm true. Like, it's so true. And like, thank see, you. Seeing the size of the setup, I'm like, Jinx, you're an asshole. Yeah. Like, like, and you just like, no, 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 no. I don't know where it's. I don't know where it's smoke. No, like, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'll cut this out. I don't actually think Jinx is an asshole. I know this that. Love that. <laughs> as, as long as they no, keep distracting you from your previous job, but I will talk. But but we're already just because we're already. Kinda, we're so far. Well, no, no, we're just somewhere I wanted to be anyhow oh, okay. to talk about, which was um, the I'm I don't remember how to pronounce it. The Elnors. Oh, Dan- Ellers Danlos. L L Yes. Okay. Like I don't know actually shit about your thing. Uh, the the issue is something to do with your cartilage and your yeah, muscles. Yeah, connective tissue. Okay. So yeah, shortage of connective tissue is what the overarching thing is. Honestly, it's something that I, again, still am learning. I didn't really know everything I needed to know until I got uh, pregnant. Oh. Like I said, I, uh, it's a genetic disease, so lack of connective tissue... Which holds together all of our organs. <laughs> so yeah, that's you, you don't. I have, just got you, stuff. You don't have like the thread that exactly, sews shit together. Exactly, okay. exactly. And it's genetic. I got it from my father, who I did not meet till I was sixteen. So okay. I told you, mom came here. He yeah. stayed in New York and stayed in New York. <laughs> you, in New York. To 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 sidetrack for a second, do you think that's where some of could that have fed into the colorism in your siblings that like there's a different dad too? I don't mean to pull a well, psychologist. Yeah. Like Yeah. Well <laughs> that, and that's the thing is like you are it's already kind of weird or different maybe if siblings have different fathers. But I know a lot yeah, of yeah. families, black and white, who have fathers but the kids don't look so different, so it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's never I, I, questioned. Literally when you see us come in a room, you're like how are you guys sisters? That's how we literally, I had to explain who oh, I was in my family. That's, yeah. And because it, it kind of obviously would have been different if he was here and people knew him as, oh, that's their dad, that's her dad. Like, that would have been. Instead, it's like this mystery uh-huh. thing. I, I didn't mean to say that to imply that, like, I'm not trying to dismiss how the colors no, are. No, 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 no. I'm just saying no. it seems like but a very of course, complicated it's a, a, thing. Right, and I but make it's sure another I, piece to it, of yeah. course. 
but who she chose to right yeah procreate with after my dad and living in the pacific northwest where race and stuff and it probably would not have been that big deal in another city or state where, where there's but it's just where we were and so did he have to does does everybody with eds have symptoms or is it one of those things that you can like not realize you have until like oh my arm falls off or right. whatever the yeah <laughs> i don't think your arm's falling off but like there's def there's uh been historically seven different types Oh shit! And so the type that we have, which has been called hypermobility, and that's where you have the stretchy skin, and you see the people that can like put their head, you know, arm, like all just no joints, like the double jointed. So you missed out on a career. In porn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I could do all like my mom's like she loves telling the stories. Like you know, as a kid, I'd just be talking to her, and it's like one minute I'm up, and then the minute I'm down doing the splits. Like, just because that's just what I did, flipping yeah. and tumbling all over the place. And her, of course, not knowing much about it as well, her being a young mom, not knowing really what it was, it was more of a fear thing. Like, you're fragile, sit your ass oh, down. Oh, yeah, I know. And which is, I think, where a lot of the book thing to just hit, sit down and read a book. Yeah. <laughs> sit down and read a book. Don't, because I'm always at the, I mean, I fall. And I'm at the hospital getting my knee drained. Oh, like, shit. So, like, easily bruising. Yeah, oh, very easily shit. bruised, hard to heal. God damn. Yeah. So, all it's just the craziest it's, shit ever. I had, I had similar with the, because I've always had the back issue. Right. And so, like, but it would be weird stuff where, like, they wouldn't, <laughs> like, they wouldn't let me do sports or anything. Yes. But then, like, they sucked as parents, too. <laughs> right. Like, the joke I've always wanted to make is that they were, like, they wanted to teach me the value of hard work. Right. And then they got addicted to meth. <laughs> like, <it's... laughs> but But I just mean, like, it, 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 I, I had a similar messaging where it's, like, yes. you're fragile. Yes. But also, we're, yes. I, I'm sure it was a similar thing where it's, like, you're not too fragile for uh, choice. Of course. You're not uh, too you know fragile that to get happen. hit. I'm the oldest girl, too. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. You have, and so it's like it's this weird thing where you're like <laughs> so I'm weird. That's broken, but like yeah, but di- yeah, wash them dishes, <laughs> clean the floors, do the laundry. <laughs> and I, I, I maybe had a complication too where they're like, like I we didn't know I was ADHD. Now no. it's like, how did you not know? <laughs> but, like, but like, so I was always trying to get into shit, gotcha. and and there was that. So I wonder uh, uh, if being a boy, some amount of it was because they would do stuff where they're like, "Oh yeah, you can lift this," and it's like, "Yeah, but I shouldn't have." Right. You guys, you guys were just, you, you guys were bad at this too. You guys, it's it's yeah. Ugh, I people who have normal bodies, air quote normal bodies, yeah. I know bodies are all spectrum. <laughs> right. And like, even if you have a perfectly healthy one, right. you're still going to have issues. <laughs> right. But like, people with normal we bodies just mean. don't yeah. understand they some shit. They don't. They really, 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 really don't. <laughs> Especially with limits. Like, it's always been so weird to me when people don't know both what they can do and what they can't do. I don't know if you've had that where I'm like, no, I definitely can't do that. And people are like, no, you just yeah. gotta push yourself. And yeah. I'm like, oh, no, I there's no, I know yeah. where the barrier is. <laughs> Does and it- coming off as you know this tough cookie or whatever is kind of like you know, and all people tell people I'm fried. They're like, you're not fried. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, no, I really am. <laughs> I can be, no, I really am. I can be both things. I am. Yeah, you I am- can be. Tough, 
two things can be true, people. Have you ever heard of a glass cannon? Like, like a frustration I have in comedy is I got into it because I was like, oh, I can do this job. Right. And then this weird realization that, like, there's a lot of people who can't do this job who get to do this job because they showed up. Yeah. Or because they had the card of the thing. Or whatever. And it's a weird thing of, like, but this was for me. Like, this was mine. And, like, it's... It's so weird because I don't like ownership either. Like you've known me long enough to be like nobody should own a thing. So it's it's definitely confusing to to me of a space to navigate. With with the EDS, does that make you? I've been struggling with this thing where like I'm getting weaker. Might not be the right word, but weaker is the right word. There's shit I just can't do the way I used to do. And it's 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 so frustrating isn't even the right mm-hmm. word like it's just it hurts in yeah. a soulful way exactly. when, when it's like oh i can't lift that and yeah. is is that has has the have i just known about the eds more in the last few years yeah. or has it gotten worse in the last few I years i think it's both definitely both i mean th- i always had issues but again not knowing it i can't i couldn't be like oh that's because of that yeah. Now that I'm learning more about it, the things that I've struggled with, the things that I've been put down for, being called lazy at wow. times by family members. I fucking hate that. Um, clumsy. A lot of these things that have been negatives is are directly related to this shit. And it's crazy with EDS because as easy as you can get hurt, and I mean, hijinks has been accused of, Domestic violence. Oh, oh, fuck, yeah, because... Because of injuries that I've had. And there's times, like, I will just bump... Like, I'm just walking, and I'll bump myself. Or I'll wake up and be like, how the hell? Like, I literally have to start... Because he'll be like, please remember how that happened. Because you know... I mean, I had a blood vessel pop in 2009. A blood vessel in my stomach. Literally just popped for no reason... I was at dinner with coworkers. Yeah, just and this is when I had a really good ass job, and we were in this fancy ass restaurant downtown. I'm eating with these uppity white folk. I'm just laughing because I'm like, I can imagine knowing you. I can imagine how already you're not happy in that situation. <laughs> less I actually than, was less, happy. Less than satisfied, no, but, but, but they're probably happy. friends. Yeah, you're yeah, they're work. my friends. Yeah, okay, happy. okay. I shouldn't. And I go through my periods of like when I'm on the grid and off the grid. This is my on the grid in the career mode, Courtenay, having a good night out with my people. And I already already always have stomach issues. So we're, you know, sitting there, we're getting ready to order. My stomach's kind of tripping and I'm like doing all this. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. Okay, this is this is kind of different than what I'm usually feeling. Yeah. Then I'm getting to the point where I can't even sit up straight. And then it's just getting more painful, more painful to the point now where I'm tears. And so my friends are obviously like, Courtney, just don't be crying for no reason. So are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know what is going on, what this is, but I got, I get to, I get to get out of here. So by this time I'm doubled over in pain. I am boohooing. They are literally carrying me out. And other white folk looking at me, and they literally are looking at me like I'm a drunk getting carried out. Yeah. That's what the looks are. So it's embarrassing. It's just yeah. So they're like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What do we take you? And I'm like, just take me home. 
because this is America and our healthcare system is a goddamn joke. Sorry. And I just was by myself. I don't know. I don't know where hijinks was. So I actually had them take me to my parents' house because it was closer. We were downtown. They live by Lloyd Center. So I went to there and it was nobody there yet. And my um, stepfather comes home and he hears me, I guess, moaning or like, what's going on? And I told him I had to be carried home and it's going. And I mean, he was like, okay, I got to take you to the hospital. Like, yeah. This is, I don't know what's going on. So go to the hospital, go to the emergency room, blah, 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 blah. They don't really know what it is too at that point. They're just like, she's in pain. They gave me pain meds, whatever. Set me up an appointment, did x-rays and all that shit. So when I went to see the doctor in like three days, he was like, so you had a blood vessel pop. You know, he's looking at the x-rays. Hijinks is with me at this at the appointment. And he's like, and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, that's very weird. It's something that doesn't happen a lot. Did you hit the feature? Something did you? And I'm like, well, you know, I have Ehlers. That's the first thing I always start out with. Because it usually 99% is the cause to anything that's happening yeah. to me. And so I'm like, well, I have Ehlers downloads. I've never heard of that happening, but you know, ruptures and all, that is a big thing. Like I'm, yeah. that scares. Like one day I just might have something fucking rupture. So he's like, yeah. So he's like, looks at hijinks. Do you mind if you step out the room for a second? Okay. And I'm like, okay. And so he's like, so is anyone hitting you? Are you sure you didn't get this? Yeah. From somebody hitting you? Cause like, you know, to him it's just, no, that your shit just didn't pop, lady. You can't. Someone yeah. punched you in your stuff. But, okay, oh, where's the bruising? Yeah, what? And it's. If he hit me hard enough to bust a goddamn blood vessel, where's the bruise? And it's one of those things where it's like, if if that was going on, that's that's totally, I guess, a good step to get there. <laughs> of course. But, like, that idiot in that situation, <laughs> if 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 that guy was doing that to you, I can't I can't even say if Jinx was doing that because I'm like, I don't right. even want to. You want to say that, right? Yeah. Exactly. But, like, if that was going on and you're like, can you can you leave for a minute? He knows exactly what that conversation uh, well, was. Well, if he's a real abuser, yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's just weird. How exactly. We and, I mean, I get that he was trying, yeah. but. Huh. It's just so, weird that even trying is cringe. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> So I'm like, I, I said, I promise you that, that that ain't a thing. And so he's like, golly. So then he started, because uh, this also happens 80% of the time to go to the doctor. Let me Google this. Because they either they never took it or they read a chapter about it in medical school for a semester. Like they really just read the yeah. chapter. It's just, and what I'm learning that it's not even that rare. It's just very rarely diagnosed. Because gotcha. people just don't. It's just they see it as 50 million other things. My, my friend was saying that you have to have a family member with it. That's what they're saying. To, it's, to that's, that's genetic. But what I'm getting is that, I mean, people are getting it. that, And that's why they don't know what it is. It's, For me, thank God, the diagnosis was never the issue. We, we will get into it in the second half, definitely for sure. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's just uh, it's a thing I deal with, too, with my back stuff, where, like, I was I was... I, I was disappointed with one doctor because she like I don't want to I, I don't want to gender anything because I don't want to do yeah. about that. The issue was specifically that like that they had been a a addiction medicine specialist uh, kind of thing mm-hmm. and didn't want to prescribe anything but like muscle relaxers, but also like wasn't really listening to anything I was saying. Yeah, yeah. 
Just so like wasn't understanding some jargon I was using. Gotcha. And I was like, this is just too many things all at once. I need a new doctor. And one of the first things the new guy said is like, oh yeah, I don't do disabled stuff. Like that's not my thing. Oh. And I was like, so and like <laughs> like I picked him out because he talks about being gay in his thing, and I really wanted to be like, oh well, I don't see gay doctors. <laughs> like that's what you just said. Right. Like, like it's bizarre to me. G. A. Wade, a great comedian, also uh, <laughs> does work in in uh, labor organizing for doctors. Yes. And I wanna I wanna have him on at some point because I want to do a mini series about unions. Gotcha. Um, but like he and I were talking, and we like the fucked up thing that people don't normally get about doctors is like you're not a doctor because you're the best at medicine exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Talk about it. You're a doctor because you can afford to be a fucking doctor. And go to school. And that even even if you, my friend DJ Wildchild, went to go become a doctor <laughs> right. as a black woman right. who is queer, right. right? It is because whatever happened afforded you the opportunities exactly. to get to that space. Period. And even if it meant you had to go hungry to yeah. get it, right? people were providing you the circumstances. Yes. I could never do that in my lifetime because the opportunities to go to school, <laughs> all of the things around that aren't going to be available to me right. or to you. But right. I'm just saying, like, yeah. even people in the position who are, such as this, this man who is gay, yeah. like, that's not going to affect if he can afford it. Right. Like, like not at all. And, exactly. And people who are healthy don't that's get that, so don't, don't understand that, I think, no. when they go to doctors, which is weird to me because it's like nobody earned their their job. Right, like the manager. That, ain't that a good point? The manager at Seven Eleven wow. or Fred Meyer wasn't like <laughs> they, nobody was looking around like you. Yeah. You seem like you can enforce a schedule. Yeah. Like nobody, nobody decided you were the best at that. Yeah. You were. You just needed money to not die and kept doing time. that. Yes, and the, yeah. I, it's, it's like having a degree doesn't mean that you're particularly smarter than anyone. It means that you were able to complete something because, like you said, you had the time, capability, abilities. I am privileged to do that. I, I, I think I'm remembering uh, Way's words precise, better, which were just that, like, that's not a diploma, that's a receipt. Yeah. Like, and that's. Oh, that's a great way to put it. And that's true about a lot of stuff, it not is. just doctors. But, like, and it's interesting. Again, Amen. we'll get into it in the second half more, <laughs> because there is a sort of pseudo revolution going on where a lot of people have gotten opportunities yeah. to be in better positions, to be doctors, to be psychologists, and are like, you guys are idiots. Like, yes. nobody here is special. Most of my patients know. My therapist is, like, constantly, like, you know at least as much as most therapists right. I talk to. Because you're working on yourself. Yes. Period. Oh, shit. Do you, is there any part of your life story before I get into the second half that I'm, like, keeping you from telling people that you wish more people yeah. know? Well, I just want to finish the nonprofit stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Getting. Just because I, I think, yeah, I think, because it's, it's 20 years of my life, yeah. but... If I met you in the last ten, five to ten yeah. years, you don't know shit about it. Because I didn't know about it until and a few years ago. that's so crazy to me, but let me it give can't you be space again. Yeah, crazy because it's it's what it is. I literally changed careers, changed my whole life. So I started working for dislocated workers. So I told you I couldn't. I knew I didn't want to work for youth, but I still wanted to work in nonprofits and um, with people. I always knew I wanted to help people, yeah. be of service. That was always. So, dislocated workers, do you know what that is? My two guesses is either immigrants who come here for a job and then that job disappears, 
or people who are like skill trained and then that industry disappears. Exactly. It's the second one. The second one. Okay. Yeah. So like coal miners when when, exactly. when they shut down the mine kind of thing. Okay. So when I started in ninety six or ninety seven, I think I started working for dislocated workers. That was timber workers. Shipyard were workers. the biggest biggest ones. Shipyard and then um, I'm trying to think of a fishing. Yeah, but it was another one. It was a manufacturing, and it was kind of becoming obsolete. And I can't think of what it, what it, it's called anyway. But another one that always happened to is Freightliner. That is probably one of the biggest populations we start working with because yeah. they had their first big layoff. So what really piggybacked all the stuff was NAFTA. Yep. We, when we started sending jobs and free, then our folks started losing them. So that went specter exactly. on the show. So NAFTA, and then they said, okay, what can we do to help? Let's make a dislocated workers fund. And so that program was in place to help these people reeducate themselves to a new industry because all of these dying industries so I, that's just, where I started. I'm just laughing that, that that it's like, all right, well, we took all your money away from you, yeah. like in taxes and in jobs. Have some of your money back. Like that's, it, it's so crazy. That's what I'm saying. It's oh, America. <laughs> it's a good America. Great system. Five stars. Man. No notes. Anyway, so I got a job there. So I worked for like I said. There's so there's the funder. That's the person that the people that gave dislocated workers program the money. So I worked for the actual funder. Okay. But they stationed me at dislocated workers. So I worked at the actual program, even though I worked for the money people. Gotcha. So my job was to track the contract to make sure they're spending the money correctly on who and what it should be okay. spent on. You're, you're, you're counting the receipts. Tracking the spending, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yep. And enrolling people into the actual federal program. So you had to be a U.S. citizen. You had to, you know, have all these yeah. things that federal, like, basically have to get uh, financial aid, those same yeah. kind of things. You had to, had to have signed up for the elective service. And so when we first started, I'm working with, and now, mind you, work growing up with at-risk gang use, that's, so now I'm working with old white men. Yeah. Basically the first population of people that were coming through dislocated workers. If you're dealing with young people and like young people at risk and in gang stuff and old guys, like I can imagine there's just a lot, like you've gotten a lot of attitude. I'm like, God damn. Because the, those are the two groups with the worst attitude. And I just, right. I'm groups in that youth, not, not, I don't, yeah, I don't want to presume that, right. not, what, what that experience that, is like. Yeah. Just being young, you're an asshole. And then when you're old and you're pissed that like. Ex- pissed I'm, at the world. I, well, I'm white. Yes, Why am I president? Exactly. <laughs> These are white men that have had great, you know, mortgages and boats and they're coming in here like uh, now on unemployment and I have to change my whole life. I can't be this truck driver mechanic anymore. I can't be the retrofitting pipe, something like that. Okay. Manufacturing was yeah. going away. And again, you know, going back to school. Yeah, when you're that old, like, the, like as much as I want to hate these guys too, it's also like kind yeah. of a shit situation. It is. Like, I mean, it's, it just is. Because even if you're 
like, like one of the things I, I try to iterate on the podcast is that you're you're only ever going to be as good as the system exactly. you're in. Exactly. So a shitty, yeah. It, it, it just is. Yeah. And I mean, like, you raise your kids, you put them through, you know what I mean? Just... You're just used to doing what you do. Wake up every day and go to work. Yeah. And that's all you want to do. You not whatever. Um, so having to come there and to sit down with people like me and to be filling out paperwork. Like this is people what people on welfare have to do. You yeah. know what I mean? They're not used to going into offices yeah. and sitting with people and having to tell their personal You're business. You're a poor <laughs> And us looking at their font. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though it wasn't like the population, it's still a lot of sympathy because these people are literally, their whole lives are just being uprooted. Yeah. Welcome to America, sir. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it was, the, and again, this is 95, 6, 7. Things were kind of good. Like, you know, that's the whole thing. Like, oh, yeah, you go to college, you go. It's wild how much, like, things looked good but were terrible. No, but it, it looks, it was so put together pretty. Because we did something similar with farmers, where like, yes, exactly, like there, I had this temp job where like I had to refile for it was it was dumb, but I would just had to read people's stories and make sure they were properly edited, mm-hmm. and then retransfer it into a computer kind of thing. But it was like all of these banks had like targeted these people who were like, oh, I'm not going to have any money for the next three years, and then. Three years later, the bank owns your farm, right? And they're like, "I don't even know how this happened. I'm wow. a farmer, like, like, oh, and it's, it's, I, I can't imagine that for every day. I know, right? I mean, no, I mean for you, I can't oh, imagine um, having to experience, yeah, yeah, people in that predicament because yeah. your 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 sympathy gets like pulled in a weird direction because yeah. you're like, I can't help. Except for what I'm doing. Like, I can't fix it. Not at all. Like, and exactly. Like, you're just in that. I can bed. help. I can't It's like fix anything. It. I think any working in the system kind of job is like, yeah, I wish I could. Like, or just yeah, if the system wasn't like this, we wouldn't be putting these band-aids on these people's lives. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. So, from there, then, you know, federal legislation changes those. The funding changes. Programs changed. So, then you had dislocated workers. And then, what did we add? So then we get, so dislocated workers, and then you'd have all these different kind of grants. So then, yeah, like when I said, so Freightliner got their literal own pot of money. Oh. So just Freightliner people did this. So again, kind of what we're saying with PPE. Yeah, but like, exactly. For and people. then um, a big one was Tyco. I don't know. We had a big Tyco plant in Portland. I... That closed down. Then uh, Kaiser yeah. Hospital. Do you remember when that closed down? Vaguely. The Wait, Tyco, the toy manufacturer? Yeah. We had a big I warehouse. Know. I know. Okay. And that closed here in the 90s. I do vaguely remember the Kaiser because there was like yeah. strikes or something. There was there was some like labor action around exactly. it, if I remember right. But I was... So they closed that whole hospital. And so they got a federal grant. Which like, why and don't so... you just make another fucking hospital? Like, <laughs> isn't the, the, the biggest mind blow as an adult? Is that we don't own the hospitals as no. the people, like like other mm-hmm. like somebody owns the thing we all need to not exactly. die. Exactly, we it's crazy. <laughs> okay, sorry. Board but... of directors, I know. So when those kind of companies, when that started happening, then we would set up actual offices at the company, so they could start the process before they got laid off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and we had learned by then. That we don't want to wait till people are Our, already on unemployment and they have three months left and like, oh, how am I going to go to school? It's just a, an absurd system that we're like, look, look, we have to keep making money while we're not making money. <laughs> so like, 
why why don't you get here sooner so they can start making everyone money sooner? Like, how about you? You're just a part of the company now. Like, that's so it's so absurd. It's, it's if you crazy. as you're telling me this, I know it's reality, but I'm like, <laughs> this is how the federal government works, y'all. This is how it works. So again, that just another layer. So now we have these. So now I'm with doctors and nurses, and they're having to come again, sit with me, and do this paperwork oh. and eligibility and find about next steps and what careers they could go to. And that was the part where I was still, even though it was paperwork, it was still, I still had the people piece. Yeah. So even though I'm not like having a caseload and work when people have to call, I still felt I had that people connection and my paperwork side. So it was very fulfilling. I loved it. Yeah, I just met you for 30 minutes and I'll meet, meet, meet it's like the, the next of, wave. Yeah. yeah, best of both worlds. And so after that, then... In Portland, the colleges are the ones that run these employment so employment training programs. Okay, that makes sense. Like because we mostly have local community. Exactly. Shit. So 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 dislocated workers, Mount Hood Community College was running. Okay. So I don't know if you know the center like on Hundred Second and um. Oh. I can't uh, even think now. But oh, Prescott. Yeah. I yes. Grew up, I grew those, up on yeah. So those two MH. You see, that's where dislocated workers. So that's where I oh, worked. Okay. For I didn't know years. what that campus was for. Yep. The bigger building is like. Um, GD classes and uh, where Mount Hood people would take like pottery and like okay. instead of going to the main campus, you would go to that campus. That's... And then the little office across the street was that where we actually had our admin staff. Okay. So Mount Hood and PCC took turns being the holder of the money. So when I started working there, Mount Hood <laughs> was the holder. That's who my people gave the money to. So remember, I worked for the, this people. Then Portland Community College saw my work and was like, we want you to work directly for us. So they stole me away from the funder <laughs> nice. and offer. Yeah. And Sweet. Way, be, way, way better, yeah. Yeah. way better and money, everything. Um, so they're and like, they're we want you to come work for the college. Then you can get free education. You're like, you're too smart. You need to be going back to school. Like I came straight out of high school. I went to class school for a little bit, but like I t- it's just not me. I'm a smart person. I'd rather just learn yeah. as I go. So are the grants for each school coming from higher up governmentally? Yeah. So, so there's like this giant pool. And yeah. Then they're so like, literally, President Clinton signs what is called the Workforce Investment Act. Okay. That's legislation. In that legislation, it details how local governments will get this money so that their people can get retrained. But it's just, it's the, the part I find funny is that it's like, so we have this big pool and we'll just give you guys each pots to fuck around yes. with. And it's like, in my head, I'm immediately like, oh, so they can each get a cut. Like that's like, instead of, of instead course. of just having one centralized thing that we do, like right. again, this country right. just built on graft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is why, even though in my early days, I, you know, I, nonprofit work, I thought was godly work. Yeah. Now, as I and to me in Portland and, and community college nonprofit work really is some bare bones ish. When I start working for, sure. for Mercy Corps, which is an international NGO. Yeah. Who doesn't who does get federal money, but they also get private. See that I had never worked for. I've only worked for federally funded programs. So I didn't know about this private donor money that comes from just, you know, like you see on TV, just send ten dollars yeah. in, and so Mercy Corps. When I started working for them, so I became the budget manager for the private fundraising arm. So we're literally getting forty million dollars a year 
around the country donated to Mercy Corps to run these programs around the country. I so, mean, outside of the country. So, like, governmentally, like, when, when Mr. Clinton Science is saying, uh, essentially there, there's a system that's going to follow itself and repeat to some fashion so that what you do at Mount Hood transfers to what you do at PCC roughly and, and so the, they all the, contract with each other yeah and the paper so, trail is roughly the same exactly and then when you get private it's this thing i'm guessing where what, what i'm seeing from what you're kind of mm -hmm. anticipating is that like you still have to do this thing that the fed says you do but then you're like and surprise 40 million dollars yeah. like yeah well the tracking and the yeah the reporting tracking is, different. is totally different yeah that's yeah. what i mean like it's got to be oh yeah my first you can like, do whatever you want with this yeah money. ain't nobody looking at you that's what i was Kind of, yeah. kind of imagining. Yeah, you got. I mean, and and let's be real. We know federal money is not watched very closely. Yeah. Okay, but there are some, of there's course, some... reporting requirements, right? Yeah. Like you still have to. There's fiscal years, and we still have to turn in forms, and like I said, really track these people and get IDs, and they have to see that we really spent this money on real yeah. people, and like we're giving this money to serve a hundred people, so we have to serve these, like you know, very specific contracts. Yeah, and then. Yeah. And then you can find wiggle room in that. It's like when you, I, I'm just thinking of like when I've worked at bars where it's like, mm -hmm. all right, we're going to, we have to obey the law as far as this <laughs> goes. But like, you're not really getting a lunch break, dude. <laughs> like yeah. you work in a kitchen, just sit down. Yeah. Like, like I, I can, um, similar sort of looseness when you're in governmental yeah. stuff. I would say that. But then when you're private. But private, it's just, it's, it's the wild, wild west. Gotcha. And I had never seen that side. And so when I start seeing some of this one, I'm going, okay, this is what people are talking about when they're talking about rich. So I come from Portland Community College where these are still people that are privileged and have yeah. upper, but it's still, I, we went to school to get, you know what I mean? It's still. It's, it's the richest kid at Park Road. Yeah. Isn't nearly as rich right. as the richest kid so at Bremerton. Now I'm going to Mercy Corps where I'm dealing with Harvard educated folk, people who went to private schools. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People that didn't grow up in this country. Like my senior vice president was from Scotland. That's what I'm dealing with. I'm like this, I'm on a, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. I still on till this day be like, how did I get this job? <laughs> how did, I, did they know it was me? Did they? But I mean, my background and again, fund accounting, which is what it's called when you do it for nonprofit because it's funds is rare. Like that's not a lot of people work in funding. <laughs> There's again, only so many nonprofits. You know what I mean? Cause again, we don't just hand jobs according to like who needs it. <laughs> like you were there, you got the job and they, so, not, not to dismiss your skills. No, no. Mean, like, but like, if, if way you see a person work. who like, Oh my gosh, she knows how to, like I said, the legislation and knowing rules and what you can just, that's hard to teach somebody in a short amount of time. So a person comes with that already. Yeah. Yeah. My, you know, it's like, Oh, we don't have to teach her like the fundamentals. Of course you have to train people to each job, but she has the freaking whoa background. And one thing I also like too, as a Portland PD college, they let me do anything. Like if I say, I wanted to learn how to do this, go ahead. And just cause you're so short staffed, they don't give a dang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The more the more skills you know, the more we yeah, can exploit. Yeah, it was you. easy in those days to just do stuff. Yeah, like now you have to be like, oh, well, let me ask, sir, doctor. Do, do. Back then, it was just like, oh, you want to do so and so, do it. I went from literally being a receptionist to 
managing a $40 million budget. <laughs> like, and that's because I worked my way up and didn't, didn't never tell them no. I'm like, oh, Courtney, she sure will. She sure will. Always teach me, teach me, teach me, yeah. teach me. And in those days, both colleges were old girl networks. You oh. heard of the old boy network. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of white lesbians running both colleges, both programs. Yeah. And they loved my ass, Patrick. Okay, I wasn't sure where that was going to go. When I tell you they love them, some young Courtenay. <laughs> I can imagine. You're already a very attractive lady now. <laughs> I can imagine a much, like, not... And, you, you and sassy, cute more. Yeah, yeah. Not as... You know, before it was in the realm of still being able to work in corporate America. Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to still say what I got to say, but it has to be still in the where I ain't going to lose my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? But they thought it was like, oh, she's still a truth teller. And she'll, yeah, yeah. she's, oh, she's, and you're so smart. And still, same thing. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm same cringing. thing. I'm so well spoken. Right. So, but, I, but I'll take it. If it's, if it's yeah. going to benefit me, it's, let's play the game. It's the, it's the, beautiful thing just the <laughs> chef's kiss on our system that like because you're not aware of your role yes. in, in like perpetuating this shit you're sometimes really easy to take advantage of for sure and then the, the the other weird part to me is like if you get taken advantage of you blame the person instead of yourself so often <laughs> like if it's a negative thing i don't think you did anything negative of you yeah. but like if people put themselves in a position where a thing happens and it's negative they don't stop to think like man maybe my implicit biases in right. this situation came to bear and that yeah. was the thing i need to work on they're just like no all yeah. of that is the problem and you're yeah. like i took advantage of it all and i mean like i said i'm very proud of myself for being 19 i started when i was 19 freaking years old and by 30 whatever i'm making almost 50 grand at mercy corps entry level working like i so like like talking about imposter (laughs) like i said like help i can't even imagine (laughs) that's like i i feel like i'm pretty creative but i'm like I literally can't imagine. And that's when people sometimes even now, like when they look, when I, when I look at Dirty Angel and what it was supposed to be or what we just thought it was going to be and what it is now. And it's like, okay, I'm humble, but I'm also going to like, this is just what you do. Like you don't do anything little. Like, look what you did with your own career. Like you don't think you're going to do that with your own business. Did did you did you get out of it to do the stand-up stuff or did you get out of it? No, I did it because um, it's a very high-pressure job. Yeah. And actually, um, when I was at Mercy Corps, when I started and then I had one boss and she left. It was a huge reorganization that was going on that I had no idea. So I got another boss and... Mm-mm. Gotcha. That's kind of like when I really started kind of seeing some things. But I got a white male boss from the Midwest. He had come to, and we call it headquarters because everybody else is out in the field. So he had come from uh, out the field, Indonesia. He was, we're on our Indonesia program for like five years. So when he came to headquarters, he already had this chip on his shoulder. Like everybody that worked there was spoiled. And he was, you know, a real 
yeah. person. Whatever. He already had this. And I think the Midwest ties the yeah, Northwest big for cornbread. Well, I meant like yeah. our our weird passive aggressive racism. That too already. Yeah. Like I feel like the Midwest ties us for that because they pretend like they're not racist, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, aren't you guys where Minneapolis is? Like, are you guys? I don't know. Sorry, we're both That's shitty. <laughs> so it's it's a competition to the bottom, yeah. but definitely the Midwest. And yeah. that, oh, that's, so I hate this guy already. He, yeah. A villain so has entered. He already, so when he met me, when he started, I was the only black American at headquarters. Other black people worked there, but they were from not America. And none of them worked in, may, may, in, may make in a my guess, department. Man, make a guess about the story. Of course. About the trajectory <laughs> of the story. Yes. Which is that there's, there's going to be. <laughs> racism, colorism, <laughs> but then there's also going to be good old-fashioned American of racism course. competing with each other, and that, like, my impression is that a lot of people who do nonprofit work out of the country have a real kind of special racism exactly. for poor people in yes. our country. Yes, it's already a kind of savior yeah. thing they got going on, and he just really was not impressed with me. He's just like this black girl. I don't think she has. She's smart as everyone thinks she's is. She he just was not impressed with me. Let's yeah. just say that everybody else loved me. Everyone's always loved me wherever I worked. That's why I've always done very well. But this guy wasn't buying what I was selling. Okay, we start and it was just it was already like eh. and cut and and like I said, I come from old girl, so I never really never had a male white boss. Yeah. So this was already kind of weird to me. But okay, whatever. Was that a unique environment? Do you think to have that much femininity in the space too for for nonprofit and such? Like, don't speak to what you don't know. Yeah. I apologize, but like, no, it, not in ours. And we were the actually the in private fundraising the had the most women. Okay, like the field and all that. Yeah, that's what and I was trying upper to do. echelon folk executive like that was male, but our it was. Okay. The people that like the direct marketing people, women. Um, then we had uh, the donor uh, relations people, women, like older women. So, yeah, just a bunch of older women, which he kind of had the attitude with like just like this condescending, like just this condescending yeah. to everyone. But it was really bad with me. And so it's like we would meet on a, you know, because I am who I am. I'm cool. Yeah, You're yeah. going to like me. But it's still was just always this. And by this time, this is when my health stuff started showing up more. Yeah. And again, not still not really getting what Ellis Danlos was. So it was hard to explain to people. And I always missed a lot of school and work always. But I'm so good at what I did. It never really was an issue. Yeah. Honestly. He was the first person to give me issues about that. So then we have my personal stuff. So this is what kind of started it. I had in my review. So private fundraising was probably a department of 80, 90 people. And because of what I did, I literally had to interact with everyone because every department has their own funding, own accounting. And I had so every manager I'm cool with, like, that's what I do. I have to just be on the I'm literally like have to be a customer service to my depart because yeah. I'm tracking their money. I'm giving them money. money. I have the credit card. I have all everything that has to do with money is me. So if they need to buy something, purchase something, order something, make sure they have the budget for it. 
has to go through me. So we're doing the review. And in this review process, he's like, I want to ask the department to also give their feedback about you because you work with everyone. It's just not me and your team. Yeah. yeah. So feedback and a great feedback from everybody or whatever. But he decides to put his own little shit in there about my health and how he's concerned about my absences and how that affects my work. And it was just weird. It wasn't even like really job. It was just weird. No, I hear you. And he turned it to HR and the HR manager who loved me was like, this is pretty inappropriate. I'm not really understanding. Because you're, as far like, I haven't done all of the research. I'm still researching it. <laughs> but, like, as far as my understanding of the ADA, you can't be like, oh, I worry about your health. Exactly. You, it's you, a, you, right, it's illegal pretty much what yeah. you did. So that was already, so that raised a red flag with them, with me. And they called him, and he was kind of like, oh, well, I just, I do, and I just didn't know where else to put it. So that kind of built up some weird shit. Yeah. And then I was just kind of like, I'm, it's just, I'm, this is not working. So HR lady was like, come work for us. I have a payroll um, position opening. Come work for us. Leave him. Just yeah. don't leave Mercy Corps. Just leave private fundraising. Come work in HR. So I did that. So then I became, and they never did payroll in my life. So this is, I'm like, how am I going to do this? <laughs> Like, how do you do everything else, bitch? Learn. Yeah. <laughs> we'll teach you. You're smart. So You're already handling money, ma'am. <laughs> right. That's the, yeah. Now you're just paying people and it's set amounts. So. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, got the job. So now I am the payroll specialist for the United States. That's a whole country. Right. <laughs> we have offices in five states. So I had to learn the different payroll. So whatever. Each fed or each state is its own country, yeah. so to speak. So exactly. It's like, yeah. Exactly. So I'm the payroll person for the U.S. And then my partner, Linda, who I love, she did um, the expats, everybody out in the field, which was, I'm so glad I didn't get that job. I can imagine. Can you imagine having I, to send money to overseas for people and luckily they they got paid once a month so she had a lot more time yeah. to because it was so hard i mean and you're like out in the field and you're just like i hope i got paid for this i really man. i really hope so mine was every two weeks which still was a lot of work but it hers was a whole different level yeah yeah so anyway i love that job but again i just started and it was a lot as much money as mercy corps has they did not spend it on infrastructure so our payroll system was so raggedy. 90% of it had to be done manually. Then we entered into the payroll system. It was just whack. So it was a lot of work. It was a lot of time away from my kids who were younger at this time. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling well. It's like I had to make a decision. Do I keep doing this and working like 60, 70 hour weeks? Mm, yeah. And I'm salary, so I ain't getting no goddamn overtime. Taking away from my kids and not being the greatest mother because I'm tired, I'm irritable, I don't want to talk to them when I get home. And so I made the decision to resign after 20 years of working, 19 to 39. It's wild how that's not retirement. A, like, like, the bullshit part about the way we break down jobs is like, you just work for 20 years and you can't retire? Mm -hmm. That's bullshit. Do you think there was a bigger, it sounds like it's a drop in class 
as far as being the hedge, not hedge fund, sorry, yeah, the, 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 yeah. the fund manager versus payroll. Yes. So what, yes. It's, <laughs> it's just another thing that I see a lot in the show where it's like you drop down in class career wise and they're like, have less pay and more work. And you're like, how does any of that add up? And actually wasn't less pay. It was, it's less stature way yeah, yeah, wise. Yeah. Like I was on the radar, of course, as I'm the freaking budget manager of yeah. private I'm like I'm meeting with the CEO and the senior vice president weekly. Like the, the that's my like I'm not I don't have a middleman like I'm meeting with the big people. Yeah, yes, president. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they want to know what this 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 is forty percent of the total budget. Of course they want to know what's mm-hmm. going on. And then when we had emergencies like the Haiti earthquake or big things like that, then when we called for special donations, we had to count that money like every hour on the hour because we're like making a million dollars an hour Yeah, and at like, some point. In, and like, for a minute I in the 90s, leave. we were, yeah. in theory in the 90s, we were actually paying attention when people got that money. Like, it, like my understanding is like 2000-ish, 2005-ish, like a lot more of those places became like, you don't need to pay attention to our books. <laughs> right. I don't know who changed those laws. That would be a fun episode all on its own. Do you do you take a lot of that stuff with you today running Dirty Angel? Of course. Like, of course. Yeah. yeah. I want to... Yeah. What was... Sorry, I had one more thing before I forgot. Oh, oh, oh. Before I, before I do the second half <laughs> where I talk way too much. Uh, the second half is inspired by dinosaurs. Right. But I am not going to talk about dinosaurs too much right, right. so did you have a favorite fact and if i may i would like to lead with one of my favorite things to give mm. to give people an idea which is Please. there was a uh, stegosauruses right right dinosaurs with the spike in the yeah. tail and the ridges for mm-hmm. for people who don't know oh, for a yeah. <laughs> for a while they thought there might be a brain in their butt be, or something similar because mm. their 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 brain is about the size of a walnut and wow. it's not our, our theory is that that this was not big enough to process a stegosaurus's body because a stegosaurus is like it's the size huge. of a bus. Right. And so the theory was that there was a cluster of nerves in, in the rear end Understood. that controlled the tail, the legs, the spines. I don't know the validity of that theory. Like, I remember that from high school, but it's just always stuck with me that, like, like, we couldn't fathom a brain being small and still doing stuff. So yes. instead we were like, no, there's going to be a second brain in the butt. <laughs> like, and so just, it's always, it's been one of those facts where I'm like, it's not necessarily a fact, but it's a thing about dinosaurs that I love that we, that is so funny. I actually don't have a, like a favorite fact or anything. I just know for some reason, dinosaurs has always been an interest in a, do you a have a love favorite? of mine. I do. Right, the pterodactyl. Is it? Is it because he can fly? Yeah. Ah. Yep. I have a awe and a healthy fear still of flying objects and birds. I love, but I'm very fearful of them, and it's because I know they come from dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> and they fascinate me, like. I mean, animals fascinate me, which is crazy. Weird animals. Yeah. Like my daughter, I was talking to her about the duckbill platypus. I was asking her if she knew what one really looked like. And she's like, oh, you mean like the cart? Like, of course, she showed me a cartoon. Yeah. I'm like, no, a real live one. Because back to that science, the first one they saw, 
that was, what do you call it? Stuffed taxidermy? Yeah, yeah, taxidermy. Thank you. They thought that someone was playing a joke on them. They thought someone had put all those things together (laughs) and that that wasn't a real animal. Which, which, in their defense, if you've seen taxidermy (laughs) from, like, the 1800s, like, dogs don't even look like dogs. So I can, like... Like that's no. that that's a dog. That's All right, cool. <laughs> but yeah, just like like nature, like there really just be some wild stuff out there. <laughs> Duckbills are especially wild because it's like, all right, so you've got a beak. Yeah, you've got poisonous, sp- venomous. Right, spurs. right. Then you got the claw. You don't lay eggs. No, nope. but you're also a marsupial, which means yes, like, like marsupials have- amaze me anyhow because somehow you get from like. <laughs> A, a vaginal unit, right. uh, like a, 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 a ovarian unit, to a different. And nature, nature Smile. was like, "This is a plan. We'll follow." Yeah, because like that's that's the beauty to me of evolution. Yep. Is it's like something did that, and then was like, "Oh, this works. We're gonna keep <laughs> doing it." <laughs> like evolution isn't smart, but it's it's, it's not. St- it's not stupid. Huh? I, 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 I hesitate to say that. Yeah, it's practical. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it will let you do something stupid if that stupid thing it is works. useful. Ex- ex- there you go. Look at humans. <laughs> do you uh, uh, beside? Do you have a favorite era for that? I, I I'm particularly fond of the, Ju- the Jurassic because it's like kind of in the middle. It's when a lot of stuff is. I feel like if you set me back in time, I could live in the Jurassic safely. The Cretaceous feels like it's got too right. many scary things. You're about to say, yeah. And and I'm and the Jurassic feels too new. Too I feel, new. <laughs> you want to be right. In the I feel like middle. I'd fuck up evolution somehow. <laughs> like I'd fuck up the time. But like, if you brought me off in the Jurassic, I could probably like live for a couple of years before it, uh, an Allosaurus <laughs> got me Start or whatever. Think that. Yeah. It's also got that period when you can see a Triceratops and a Stegosaurus. Yes. Which I guess is kind of cool to me, because it is, Stegosaurus <coughs> in general, I think are kind of cool, but it's cool that, like, they died out in the in between these eras. Like, they, they start out in the middle of the, I think it's Jurassic, and end in the middle of the Cretaceous, and the Triceratops, like, kind of show up in the Cretaceous, <laughs> and it's like this, it's this weird thing where you're like, as a kid, as you get all this information, it, it's, home, it's like magic. It it's, is. But- I think that's what it is too, like, magic. And I think I think part of my my joy at, at educating myself and finding information is like I really do feel like I'm finding magic. Yes, and, and that's why I can relate to what you said. That's a perfect word for it. And like part of what I love about doing this show is being like, guess what? Look at the cool <laughs> shit I found, guys. Like like sometimes it's like look at this really depressing shit I found. Right. Uh, like like probably yeah yeah like the. <laughs> We did like a sort of history of Oregon episode, and mm-hmm. like it, I I had known we had screwed over the Native American people. Gotcha. I didn't know what we had lost in that screwing over, gotcha. and that made it worse because like this shit was awesome, and then like white people showed yeah, up for and real, and they're just like, oh man, and you idiots don't even know that you fucked uh, it up because by the time like there's two waves. Of, of, of plague that happened when white people show up. So, like, and the second wave, Native American society is kind of recovered from, from like, a third of its population disappearing. Mm. And then it happens again. And because of that, like, Nate, like, the Oregon was, like, a park almost in a lot of ways. Like, shit was actually kind of organized. And even though people are hunters and gatherers, like, 
people can't respect the idea that like those people might have organization. Right. Thank you. And it's it's so. Thank you. Uh, we'll we'll do that more I in the know. second half. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I. I, uh, yeah. uh, uh, do you think we're pretty comfortable with the first half? Oh, yeah, you, I think okay. we're going I okay. think we close that out okay, good. Okay, cool. Uh, yes, yeah, so we have uh, the Dirty Angel page on Facebook. On Instagram, we're at Dirty Angel ENT. Um, I am at DJ Wildchild on Instagram. Courtney Collins on Facebook. You can follow Dirty Angel Entertainment on Facebook also. Um... The musical clips were taken from Aesop Rocks The Blob, available on Rhyme Sayers Entertainment for free. Like like he says to do stuff like this. That's why I did it. Recyclables was produced and edited by Patrick Thomas Perkins, making this the perfect time for me to say thank you to the patrons at patreon.com forward slash recyclables for making the shows possible. Like, not that it's... Sorry, I was about to laugh because of the ding. But, like, <laughs> what I do? Oh, yeah. Is that the inappropriate it's alarm? <laughs> but it's, like... Thank you for picking up Recyclables today. Donations to the Acast streaming service are, of course, always welcomed. But the best way to support the show is by going to patreon.com forward slash recyclables and becoming a patron today. If you can't do that, another great way is by liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast on whatever podcast listening service you use. All right, thanks.